right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Yo. What and, do? You didn't even give me a chance to say. Oh, okay. sorry. I just well, we have to go fast today. I, I oh no, we, should... we have to speak fast. Like, yeah. Bill, you think I can't today? Right. Oh, it's two thirty because we have a very short show today. Um, Lawrence High football. I was, I was in the middle. We were doing the game last night, and lightning hits, and boom, lightning. there goes the game. So they rescheduled the game to today at four o'clock, which we're going to be airing here on KLWN. Pre-games just started three fifty-five. Kevin Romer is going to be doing the game with Matt Llewellyn, picking up where I left off. And then Nick is going to be on the call of the Free State game tonight at 7 o'clock here on KLWN with Nolan Henderson. And uh, that one will also be available on our video stream at KLWN.com, which means we only have less than an hour for today's show. Yeah, so we got to cram a lot of stuff in. We do. So we got KU plays BYU tomorrow. Yeah, there's a lot going on. 2.30, 1 o'clock Crimson and Blue show. The KLWN local tailgating pregame show with Nick will be noon to one. I won't be able to make it tomorrow, but uh, Nick will be out at Big Mail doing the show from noon to one, yep. and the Kiss crew will be at Big Mail giving away free stuff from noon to two. Yep. So assuming it's not pouring rain at that point, uh, come stop by. We'll yep. still be. I'll still be live. Rain or shine, you know, we're like the mail, like the mailman. <laughs> rain or shine, hail, snow, wind, the show goes on. Uh, we'll see. I'm worried we're we're a little soft from uh, being inside, just sitting down all day. Maybe maybe we need what? Well, what? Again, I won't be there. An experience like this, a, a day where we are having to deal. Yeah, with Yeah, you're not even going to be there. What do you mean? Well, you for you. you so know? then wh- who? Then who? Why do you keep saying we? Oh, we need this. Well, we like need the, this. You don't even be there. I, I, I'm still part of the team. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, I'm I'm inactive for the game. I was on practice squad. I didn't get activated, but like, okay, I get a ring. I get a ring if we win it all. Um, no, you don't. I don't. No. What? I I oh, have fair. I have the authority, and okay. I you know, I got on the phone and made some phone calls, and we decided, <laughs> no, we don't have the budget for an extra ring. So. All right. Well, uh, RCST is brought to you by Twenty Third Street Brewery. So KU takes on BYU tomorrow. Let's get into the preview of that game. How, how important is this game for KU having the season? That you know, at this point. If they go 7-5, and five, it obviously is a success. You would have won more games than you did a year ago. You would have clinched your first winning season in you know, a while, in about 15 years. Um, but also at this at, at this point in time, 3-0, and uh, you still have the Illinois in your back, win in your back pocket. It almost feels like, ah, oh, man, I can taste eight. I, I remember Justin Nichols during uh, RCST football trivia. <laughs> when, when he lost in the playoffs, I, I was giving everybody who lost an open forum. And, and yeah. I asked him, I was like, you know, thoughts on K-football this year. And he, was, he said... You know, I, I was thinking we're going to win seven games, but you know what sounds cooler than that? How about winning eight, nine, or ten? And that's how I feel. It's like, you oh, know, yeah. that'd be really cool, right? Well, the big thing is, now with the Big 12 being terrible, just a bunch of stinky teams. Not all of which KU gets to play, You though. feel You feel like this is a, now a suddenly has turned into an opportunity where, uh, again, you, you might have the ability to be a top three, top four team in the conference. Uh, so that changes that. But I will say this. 
going back to the preseason and my and kind of what I was predicting for this season. First of all, number one, I'm still of the impression that I don't care what the record is. If you make another bowl, success. And now, I mean, and unless you get to a situation where it's like you could be contending for a Big Twelve title. Oh, I, I agree but with that. Six and six, seven and five, eight and four. It's all the same to me. Just go to a bowl. And to to go further than that, in the preseason, talked about KU taking in this stretch, going maybe you know maybe going one and one between BYU and UCF at home. So I, if KU loses this game against BYU tomorrow, I I don't think I will feel really that much different on Monday than I do right now about the season in terms of what could be ahead of them in terms of you know could they achieve going to that bowl game and and you know get maybe improve on their wins a little bit get to seven wins or whatever. I don't think my opinion will will change at all beyond that because I have said already previously I don't think I'm going to I don't think I'm willing to say that KU is for sure a legit Big 12 title contender until they are 5 and 1 with or 6 or yeah 5 and 1 or 6 and 1 coming off Oklahoma State going into Oklahoma at home cuz so it'll be they have BYU then Texas then UCF then Oklahoma State right and then Oklahoma I believe Best next five games? Yes. So if they're five and one with wins against BYU and UCF, I will probably be pretty close to saying, yeah, this is a title contender, a possible big title contender with a loss against Texas. If you beat Oklahoma State, I am for sure there. Mm-hmm. For sure there. If you're five and two and you win and you go one and one against between BYU and UCF, I. I would probably still be willing to say this is a team that could be top five. I don't know that as far as I go title contender. You might have to beat Oklahoma at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I guess but, I, I'm viewing it as like two and two over the next four before the bye week, and, and that makes you in play. If you go three and one, that's the in play where it's like you're a Big 12 title contender. Agree. Yeah. But again, if KU loses against BYU, I think that doesn't change much for my season outlook for them because they'll still have an opportunity to get it back against UCF and then – going forward, still have a, a bowl game possibly in, in front of them. So I, I feel confident about this game. Now, I might feel differently about it if it's like a game where KU should clearly win and they don't. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously then, yeah, I'll be a little pissed off about it. I'll be a little perturbed, if you will. Um, but I, I we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I again, this is a game that I don't remember specifically. I mean, I know I, I know that I picked them to go one and one between BYU and UCF. I don't remember which game I picked them to lose, which game I picked them to win. I probably picked them to win against BYU and lose against UCF if I had to guess. Okay. But from that standpoint, if you go one and one, that's fine with me. Yeah, I. It, it's just that if you lose this game, then you're going to be going into Texas. You're going to feel like you're going to lose two straight, and then from there, it's just going to feel like you're you're fighting kind of an uphill battle. Even though you can quickly work out of that with with two wins, you know, against UCF at home and, and at Oklahoma State. So I think it's very important. I I think what this game signals to me is this is the difference of. Because you're 100% right. If you go back to a bowl game, it's a success. You can lose this game. It can still be a successful season. This is the type of game where, you know, we've we've talked a bit about can you be a Big 12 title contender. And, yes, maybe that is us overblowing a conversation. But, like, you talk to the players. That is their goal. Oh, yeah. You know? And yeah. so if, if that is your goal, win this game. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Is, is that simple? Because this is a BYU team that is – what like a middle of the pack at best yeah. team in the conference? Mm-hmm. You know, like is like would it shock anybody if BYU finished between like the six and nine range in conference? Nope, nope. That's probably where they are. But right, if you are looking at Kansas and saying, I think this team can be a top five team. I think this team can be a 
championship contending team. Yeah. These are the games you win. You're at home against a middle of the road team in the Big Twelve. You should be able to you should be able to take care of business. Take care yes. of business and get this win. Now, what complicates all that is the weather situation. You don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, it seems like the best possible chance for storms is going to be like late afternoon, which is going to be right near the end of the game. So who knows what kind of a wrench that'll throw into the yeah. game and what might happen there. I'll be honest. If you, if you tell me that it's going to be a dry enough game, I, I, it really does change my confidence level. Oh, absolutely. If you yeah. tell me it's going to be rain, because on paper, Kansas is the team that averages over 200 rushing yards per game. BYU is last in the conference in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. But they're more of a traditional power-style running team. Kansas, we know, you know, they will have the traditional run plays, but they do like to run the read option and some of the speed option stuff. And if you have the rain, I wonder if that inhibits the read option stuff more because yes. you have a wet ball and you're you know pulling it in and out of guys' bread baskets, like where that becomes kind of a problem. And so, the rain will, and the rain definitely can mitigate speed advantages as well. If yeah, you're to run on the outside if you're trying to create you know utilize some space, trying to make cuts and stuff on a wet field, uh, that can mitigate that. Yes. You know, a funny thought I had. Hmm. So BYU, they don't play on Sundays. They refuse. Correct. That, that's a you know Mormon thing. They don't play on yes. Sunday. What if the game is delayed to the point where they want to try to resume it on Sunday? Oh, or if they want that's to try an to interesting point, they wouldn't or, be able to. Or or even further, or even further, if there's delays and they want to start the game, you know, late late tomorrow night, and it bleeds over into over midnight into mm-hmm. Sunday morning. At midnight, do the BYU players just stop playing? How does that work? That's a Crazy question. I I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But that that would make it interesting because if you do have a delay, like when would the game start? When would you be able to get it in? Would you have to move it to Monday? Would you have to move it to later in the season? I don't know. I I don't know either. Hopefully, ideally, that stuff doesn't happen. And it, but and like, would BYU just forfeit if they can't play on Sunday? No, I I don't think that's how they would be. Maybe if it was a situation where the game was like if Kansas was up twenty eight to fourteen with six minutes left. At that point, I I do think though there is a certain time limit I mean, where they can I'm, just call it. I'm obviously sure. I'm obviously making these points a bit in jest, yeah. Right, but like there is some element, like tiny element of like sure. seriousness to that conversation because because yeah, I mean you know they don't they don't play on Sundays. I mean yeah. I've had I mean I've been in Salt Lake City on a Sunday, ghost town, nothing, nobody. That they they take that stuff very seriously. Oh, very interesting. And like their athletic teams, they don't play on Sundays. Because I think uh, in the NCAA tournament, that was an issue, I think, with BYU in the tournament a while back. Mm. And beyond that, uh, I was, you know, when I was at KU, I was doing some work with the KU soccer team, and they played BYU. Soccer teams normally play on a Friday and a Sunday. They played a game, uh, KU played at Utah on Friday, and they would have played BYU on Sunday, but they couldn't. They had to play BYU on Monday because BYU doesn't, they don't do anything on Sundays. It's a very, you know, they don't, they don't do anything. Well, very interesting. Uh, what about BYU scares you the most? What what do they do well that you think could give Kansas the most problem? I think for BYU, the biggest thing is they the to me. I don't remember we had a guest on here earlier in the week. Who I think made this point. They're they're kind of a similar to a Kansas State team, where they're going to play within the margins. They're going to win within the margins. They're going to win on discipline with penalties, turnovers, things like that. And so I think what concerns me the most about this is. Kansas, I mean, you go back and look at like the Illinois game or even like the Nevada game. Kansas has had a tendency to be kind of up and down throughout games. I mean, have they? I mean, I, let's put it this way: through three games, has KU played a complete four-quarter game? Do you think to this point? I guess no, because it was second half against Missouri State. It was the first half, first three quarters maybe against Illinois. Nevada, and, it was kind of up and down. Yeah, up all throughout. 
So that would be my biggest concern. Is like this is a Nevada team that's they're going to keep getting up, and if Kansas, you know, maybe gets out to a lead early, and then like the weather gets bad and KU kind of checks out of the game, I don't think BYU is going to check out of the game, no matter what the circumstances are. So that's what scares me the most is that they're just going to be a consistent team that that continues to to battle, and if KU is not executing for a full four quarters, that could be the difference in the game. Yeah, I, I would say for me what, what scares me the most is just BYU's defense in general. I, I think they do have a really good defense. I think it's better than maybe some of the ratings implicate because of where they start from last year where it wasn't a, you know, a great unit a season ago. Uh, that would scare me that, that the pressure and the defense is going to hold KU uh, in check to you know under 30 points or something, and then at that point uh, maybe it's more of a coin flip game. Uh, where's the yeah. biggest thing that you think KU has, has an edge? I think it's definitely with their speed, but again, going back to the weather conversation, that it could be mitigated, but I think KU has the edge certainly with skill position players on offense and with the speed and elements that they utilize on offense, right? I mean, Devin Neal and Jay, I mean, let's put it, let's, let's think about it this way. If you were to go through this game and say, who are the best players on the field between the two teams on, on, on both sides? KU's probably got four of the five best players. Out on the field between these two teams, right? I mean, you put Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal certainly up there. And then after that, you might throw in the left tackle for BYU. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce the name, to be honest. But then you probably yeah. got more you know, more KU guys right after that. So I think KU has the talent advantage. They have the speed advantage. And they should be able to utilize that. And, uh, you know, this kind of goes back to our conversation about this being a similar game maybe to like an Illinois-type game where, yeah, Illinois, or yeah, BYU might have some some guys up front, but if you're KU, you can you can utilize your playbook and, and put your skill position guys who are better in better positions to succeed against BYU. So that's where I think KU has the biggest advantage. And listen, if you want to go a step further, KU has the advantage at head coach, I think it's safe to say. KU has the advantage at quarterback. I think that's safe to say also. KU has the advantage at running back, certainly. KU probably has the advantage with their wide receivers. Uh, in the trenches... On the offensive line, I would probably take KU. I mean, BYU has a, has a guy that can make some plays on the D-line, but I think KU's O-line, probably I would take them. For BYU, they have some strength, like the left tackle on their O-line, but again, collectively, I probably would lean towards the KU defensive line, right? So now you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, well, if KU's got the advantage in those different areas, and those are generally, I mean, you think about it, coaching, quarterback, in the trenches, if KU's got the advantage in those three areas, this should be a game that KU should be able to win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think for me the the biggest edge, uh, I, I don't know, I think it's the defensive ends against the offensive tackles. I, I do think BYU has, has one tackle who's going to be playing in the pros, but he's struggled a bit this year. I think they can uh, get him there. So uh, last thing here, KU wins if what? Kind of like I was mentioning earlier, I think KU wins if they just execute for four consecutive quarters. If they, if they play their game at – at a high level for four quarters, I think they win this game. Uh, mitigate penalties, don't turn the ball over, which, listen, if it's going to rain, how good do you feel about KU not fumbling? <laughs> maybe maybe not that great. scary. So that's not that's not fantastic. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I think on paper across the board, KU has the advantages at the important in the important positions, and if they lean on that and are able to execute at a decent level for four quarters, I think they'll be able to win this game. I think it'll be, I think, the, to me, this is a game that feels like BYU, if they win it, it won't be because they they beat KU, if that makes sense. I think KU will beat themselves and or other outside factors will have an effect on the game, i.e. I. the weather. 
uh, that could impact KU and maybe give maybe give an edge to, over to BYU. But uh, I think you and I both agree this is this will be a close game. Mm-hmm. So again, that's that kind of goes back to the point of I think if if KU checks out for a quarter or two. That, that could be the difference between them winning and losing the game, potentially. Yeah, for me, it's if they're even in, in turnovers or they win the turnover margin, they win the game. It's that simple. Uh, and then the other one would just be if if KU, you know, if what on paper KU's advantage running the ball versus BYU struggling running the football offensively, uh, then, then I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, one other thing I just want to add in is BYU, it's looking like they're going to be uh, it looks it's looking like they're going to be starting a couple walk-ons at their safety positions. They've dealt with some injuries there, and they, they don't have a lot of depth at that. So maybe look for KU. If the weather's good early in the game, maybe they take some shots down the field. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Kevin Reynolds of the Salt Lake Tribune is going to help us preview BYU next. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and we're joined now by Kevin Reynolds of the Salt Lake Tribune to help us break down KU football's first Big 12 opponent this year. That would be a new Big 12 opponent in the BYU Cougars. Kevin, thank you for hopping on today. Uh, what, what are kind of the expectations about how well BYU is going to travel to this game and, and kind of how much crowd attendance they, they typically have for these road games? Yeah, you know, I think there's two factors in this. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, I think BYU fans always travel really well. Um, as you know, I mean, Arkansas last week had a very good showing of BYU fans. And just in general, when, when BYU's on the road, they have a lot of fans there. Um, but the second element to that, you know, this is a this is a big game for, for BYU in the sense that this is their Big 12 opener. They haven't been in a conference since uh, 2010, uh, back in the Mountain West Conference. They've been in independence for a really long time. Um, so I think they're, you know, this is a, a big moment. I don't think BYU is shying away from that, at least this week, um, internally too in the program of, you know, how big of a, of a kind of, um, you know, milestone this is for, for a program that's been trying to get into the power five has been trying to get into a conference for, you know, over a decade now and, and Kansas on the road will be kind of the first, the first one for BYU. Well, what's what's kind of that level of excitement overall about joining the Big Twelve now, and and you know everything that entails with that? Is is it an exciting time? Are, are fans happy about it? Uh, what are kind of the thoughts uh, around the program? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a ton of excitement. Um, you know, for BYU independence, I don't think BYU wanted to be an independent at any point in time. Like I, I didn't start covering the team until uh, last year, right? So I, I wasn't there when they made. Uh, the decision to go independent from the Mountain West, but it was a decision made out of necessity. And after those first couple of years, I think there was there was a lot of times when I think BYU wanted to get back into a conference early on in independence, and they had a couple of near misses. And and talking to people around the program and talking to people within the athletic department, you know, they they've tried to get into the Big Twelve. They've looked at other conferences. Um, you know, it wasn't just in this cycle of realignment, or I guess last cycle now of realignment. Um, they, they tried before and didn't get in. And, you know, independence was, was difficult for BYU in terms of scheduling. And it was, you know, they had their moments, but they were one-off moments. And so um, to get to this point, I really don't think uh, you could kind of overstate how the, the excitement level at BYU to be back in the Big 12 and to kind of have a, a stability and a home and, and a conference schedule. And even from, you know, a football perspective, this is not even just about the health of the athletic department and the football program and recruiting and all the stuff that goes into being in a conference. Just from a pure football perspective, you know, BYU would lose a game. And it would at that point, you know, with independence, 
it's like, really, what are you playing for for the rest of the year? You know, last year, BYU went and they lost to Oregon on the road in week three. And, and from that point on, it was really just a matter of, you know, fighting for a very limited number of bowl options that BYU could get into as an independent and, you know, kind of pairing it with, you know, ESPN bowl games and all that. And now, you know, there's actual, there's actual stakes even with a loss. Um, so I think from a football perspective, the health of the program perspective, you know, this moment at Kansas and then Cincinnati at home next week for BYU, the, the big 12 home opener. Um, it, it's just, it, I think for the program, it just means a lot. Well, they're they're three and zero coming into this game. Fourteen uh, nothing in week one uh, against Sam Houston. Uh, week two FCS win. Then that big win last week against Arkansas. What has been kind of the story so far about the team in in week to week with some of those different results and and then leading to the big win last week in Fayetteville. Yeah, I think week one fourteen nothing against Sam Houston. You know, Sam Houston is a good defense, but you know it's a it's a program just just new. Um, to, you know, just making the transition from FCS to FBS, right? And, uh, you know, with Southern Utah, they, they put up 41 points, but I don't think anyone came out of that game thinking the offense um, was incredible, right? Even despite the 41 points, I think there was a lot to be desired, particularly in the run game. And, you know, there were some different factors that went into kind of Southern Utah, how they were playing and trying to take away the run game and, and stacking the box and all that stuff. But still, you know, the point still still stood going into Arkansas that, you know, the offense needed to make a major leap and major improvement. And, you know, even in Arkansas, you know, BYU puts up 38 points, but it was a lot of short drives um, and a lot of kind of chunk plays and, and special plays that, that got them into the end zone, right? And so, you know, I think BYU's 3-0, and but I think there are still a lot of questions around this offense right now of how, you know, sustainable and how consistently can this offense, you know, have a 10 you know, 8, 10, 12 play drive, right? Because we haven't really seen that from BYU uh, through the first three weeks of the year. Uh, defensively, I think BYU's made a huge improvement um, from last year to this year. So I think that has been the one thing that I think BYU within the program can really rest its hat on that, that the defense has made adjustments consistently, you know, particularly against Arkansas last week. And I think that's a positive sign. But, you know, I also think there there is the truth, too, that, you know, Kansas in a lot of ways is a very – uh, might be a better team than Arkansas, right? And certainly better than Tim Houston, Southern Utah. So this is probably the best test that BYU's had all year, despite the three and zero start and despite going on the road last last week and beating Arkansas. And the second part about that is, you know, this is probably the best quarterback and running back tandem that that BYU's faced to this point too. So uh, I, I think it's it's the three and zero start is is good, and BYU will take it right. But at the same time, I think they're is a lot within the program that I think people are looking at as how sustainable is it and what will it look like against, you know, big 12 teams week in and week week in and week out. What to this point do you feel like have been the biggest strengths for BYU and, and what maybe have been the biggest weaknesses or the biggest questions so far about uh, where they're at this year? Yeah, I'll start with the questions. Um, as far as the, the number one question, I think, is the running game right now at BYU. I mean, it, it, they have not consistently ran the ball well. Um, averaged, you know, if you take out some of the big runs, they're averaging probably under three yards a carry. Uh, last week in the, in the second half of Arkansas, they did not run the ball well at all. And so I, I think that is a major concern, right? Because I think with the running game, uh, you know, you could say that BYU's Throwing the ball well, which they have. Keaton Slovis, I think, has played a little bit better than people give him credit for in the first three weeks. But at the same time, BYU's average third down distance is still um, 
you know, far too high. I think it's over nine. Last week it was over nine and a half yards on, on third down. Uh, they faced seven third down and longs um, to compare to just one third down and short. And I think that that partly is because they haven't run the ball well on first and second down. And I don't know how sustainable it is, even for a team like BYU that does go for it on fourth down quite a bit. I don't know how sustainable it is to consistently be in these third and nines um, pretty much time and time and time again, right? So I think the number one thing in terms of what BYU hasn't done well is run the ball, and I still think that's something that needs to get figured out, even if they've, you know, Keaton Slovis has kind of masked some of those issues, uh, particularly Arkansas and some of the chunk plays and trick plays have done so too, right? So that's that's one of the question marks. Two, separation from receivers. I think um, BYU didn't really – get consistent separation as far as receivers go against Arkansas and, and, and against Kansas, another power five team. And, you know, a team in the secondary that I think BYU could struggle a little bit against. Can they get a little bit more separation for, for Keaton Slovis? And then flipping over to some of the positives, like I mentioned, you know, I think the defense has been, has been good. I think the cornerback play has been really, really good for, for BYU and the secondary and Eddie Heckard and Jacob Robinson and Cam Garrett are probably three of the most productive players on this on this team and on this defense, um, they've gotten turnovers and they, and I think another thing too, is they got some sacks uh, last week against KJ Jefferson and got some pressures even without blitzing. And I think that has been something that hasn't happened at BYU in the past. And if they can do that consistently in the big 12, they want that to be their identity. And if they can put together two weeks of that, I think that's definitely a positive for BYU going forward. Well, what do you think then for this Saturday against Kansas uh, is the biggest key to to BYU trying to come away with a win in Lawrence? I think, you know, it's it's a lot easier said than done, but I think the, the three things that kind of stand out to me, number one, you know, how does BYU handle Jalen Daniels and, and Devin Neal, right? I think I think that's probably where a lot of teams start um, against Kansas. I and mean, you, know, you would know better than me, but at least for BYU this week, I think that's kind of where it starts and limiting some of these some of these bigger plays, some of these chunk plays downfield. Um, Jay Hill actually kind of, BYU's defensive coordinator, actually kind of compared it to playing Air Force a little bit um, in that sense of just trying to limit some, some, of, these, some of these bigger plays, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting comparison. Um, but I, I think that starts with that and see um, also, you know, can the running game get going? You know, BYU is going to give L.J. Martin, a uh, true freshman, his second start, had his first start against Arkansas, right? And, mixing a little bit of Deion Smith into that mix uh, um, as they kind of change a pace faster back that they can kind of use a little bit in, in different scenarios, not just out of the backfield. I mean, he's scored in different different ways um, for BYU this year. Um, and so, and then the third thing really too is, you know, can Keaton Slovis have some more options downfield with, with wide receivers getting some more separation? He is Kevin Reynolds. You can check out his work in the Salt Lake Tribune. Kevin, I appreciate the time today and uh, helping preview the BYU side of things. I appreciate it. And uh, if you're coming out to Lawrence, safe travels. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that was Kevin Reynolds of the Salt Lake Tribune helping us get to know more about the BYU Cougars. We're going to take a time out. We've got our game picks. We've got our KU game picks, players to watch in the KU-BYU game. That coming up on the other side on this very shortened edition of Rock Chuck Sports Talk. We've got Lawrence High Football coming at you, pregame 355, kickoff at 4 o'clock. It'll be resuming the action after they trail 7-0 to Olathe East with uh, the first part of that game postponed till today because of weather. Then at 7 o'clock, we got Free State. 
State High School football here on KLWN. Tomorrow, we're going to have our live show out at Big Mill. Nick will be there for KLWN from noon to 1. Kiss Crew going to be at Big Mill from noon to 2, giving away all sorts of free stuff. They're going to have... Uh, you know, some gift cards, some T-shirts, plenty of other stuff. So check it out over at Big Mill. And I know uh, the past couple of weeks they've done 25% off cocktails before the game. So you can go before the game, you can go after the game if you're looking for a uh, spot to eat. And then uh, obviously you can hear the BYU game, Crimson and Blue Show at 1 o'clock, kick off at 2.30 right here on your original home for the Hawks with KLWN and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. For game picks of the biggest games ahead from this weekend. Well, that sounds great. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Right here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. All right, a uh, shortened edition of RCST today on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Uh, we're going to go to Matt Llewellyn, Kevin Romery out at Lawrence High School in a little less than 15 minutes. Before we do that, it is time for our weekly game picks. We'll get to our KU picks as part of this as well. Um, Nick, you are uh, off to a nice start to the football season, especially in the NFL. Okay, there neither we go. Neither one of us is uh, doing horrible, and neither one of us blowing the doors down in college football. Both uh, right around 500. You're at 8 and 7 in college football. I'm at 7 and 8 in college football. In the NFL, you're six three and one. I am five and five. Both of us had winning weeks last week, though, in the NFL, and uh, on to college football first. We have a bunch of ranked matchups, a bunch of Pac-12 ranked matchups this this week. One of them, number nineteen Colorado at number ten Oregon. The Ducks are giving up twenty one points. Dude, twenty one points is just a lot of points. Uh, I understand no Travis Hunter for Colorado, but. And I'm not. I don't think Colorado's going to win, but dude, 21 points. I feel like Colorado not, will cover that. I'm. I'm. Give me Colorado here. I'm the same way. I'm going with Colorado. That's just. Uh, I mean, I think Oregon's going to probably win and probably win by double digits, but 21. Yeah, and and obviously there's the bad blood between the the coaches, or I don't even know, coaching program. The Oregon coach said like. Oh, I don't know anything that Colorado's done in, in regards to when they left for the Big 12. So clearly Colorado will be hyped up. It is a little scary. No Travis Hunter. I mean, that's arguably your best defensive player and one of your best overall, I don't know, offensive players. So. Yeah, both sides of the ball. But I, I just think it's too many points. I think it's a high-scoring game. Yeah. I mean, the 21. Uh, number 15, Ole Miss at number 13, Alabama. This is, this is a get-right game for Alabama, I think. This is a game for Alabama to be like, hey, we're still Bama, by the way. I'm going Alabama here. I, I know it – I think all logic would say that you should probably go with Ole Miss. And even with the line like seven, I mean, that's a lot of respect to Alabama for considering what they've not done recently. But this is this is a, uh, a we're-still-here game for Alabama. Roll Tide. So I actually think Alabama wins the, the game to, to that reason. I just I, – I can't trust the quarterbacks. Uh, it sounds like they're going back to Milrow this week. He usually will make a bad interception or two. Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin typically plays them close. I'm going to go with Ole Miss plus the seven points. Number 22, UCLA at number 11, Utah. The Utes are giving up six points. So it would seem as though Cam Rising is back for this game because earlier in the week this line was much lower. And it jumped up with reports that Cam Rising was full participant in practice for BYU or for uh, Utah. Sounds like he's going to play. First of all, okay, real quick, how mad do you think Utah fans would be if I accidentally called them BYU? Oh, they would be livid. Utah fans, uh, they get after it on Twitter a little. UCLA bit. at BYU here, uh, big game. I am going <laughs> with the Utes of BYU. 
Okay. I am going to go with <laughs> UCLA. So we got some good difference in our picks this okay. one. Okay. Yeah. I've been really impressed with Dante Moore. He was the five-star quarterback who came into UCLA. Their first game when they played Coastal, he rotated in. He was awesome, but then they rotate in the Garbers guy, and he was bad. Um now they're more in on on the freshman going into this one. Okay. I think he keeps them close. It is a little worrisome on the road as a freshman. That's a tough place to play with Utah. You don't just roll into Rice X no, Stadium and get a W. But I think some some rust to be shaken off for for uh, Cam Rising. I think this will be a close game even if Utah wins it. Give me UCLA plus the six. Number 14, Oregon State is giving up three points. They're at number 21, Washington State. Yeah, I got to run with the fighting Cam Ward here. My boy Cam Ward out there at Washington State. And listen, this is a good Washington State team that can score a lot of points. Uh, I like Oregon State too, but I- I'm going with the uh, the Cougs here. Yeah, I this is honestly a game that I I, I don't feel great about like either way. I, I think both these teams are very good teams. Oregon State I, I think is a little better defensively though. Washington State does have kind of an underrated defense. Uh, you mentioned Cam Ward. I, I like him better than DJU at, at Oregon State though. This will be a good opportunity for him. I just I trust Oregon State. I, they've been a team that I've been in on ever since Jonathan Smith took over. I think he's done an excellent job as head coach. Give him the Beavers on the road. Uh, number six, Ohio State. This is college game day. At number nine, Notre Dame, the Buckeyes are giving up three points. Yeah, this is kind of a weird game because Ohio State was like kind of bad or yep. looked bad, and then they just steamroll Western Kentucky. And Notre Dame has been fine. I don't think they've been really overly impressive one way or the other. But, I mean, if you look at the – I think Ohio State – Probably has the advantage here, I think, talent-wise. But when you think about Notre Dame, they have the advantage of quarterback, right? Notre Dame does. Yeah, Sam Hartman's really good. At head coach, who would you give the advantage there? I mean, probably Ryan Day, but you I— You would think, based off experience, but— I do think Marcus Freeman's a really good coach. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, in a close game like this, the better quarterback will win. But uh, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about this, but I am yeah, going I Ohio I State. If, if this game would have been last week, I definitely would have been in on Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State may have worked some stuff out against Western Kentucky, and maybe that's enough. But I, I do think Notre Dame's pretty good this year. The other thing is, I think I saw some stat that, uh, I forget the time frame here, uh, but at least over the last 23 games, I guess, Notre Dame is 4-19 and against top 10 opponents. Wow. That doesn't bode well. Yeah. All right, what is your uh, college football lock of the week? We are both 2-1 and one in college football locks. My lock of the week, I'm going to go with the Rutgers, plus 24 against Michigan. Michigan, those guys, this is what they do. They get up, like, by three scores, and then they stop playing. That's what they do every week. I think Rutgers comes back and is a backdoor cover here. Give me Rutgers, plus 24 at Michigan. They've been a fun team to watch. They're 3-0. I, yep. I don't mind that one. I actually thought about doing that one, too. Uh, my lock of the week, though, I am going to go with Oklahoma State. I, I know this sounds crazy to put Oklahoma State as a lock, but it's at Iowa State. I don't trust either <laughs> team. They're getting three and a half points. By the way, I don't think I would bet that. The over-under for the game is 36 and a half, which that is— That's what it was for Iowa State Iowa, and the under hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would honestly probably lean toward that anyway, but I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I, I think— I don't know if I love that. I think they're jazzed up. When I look at the direction of the programs, losing by three to Ohio— you're down on yourself. Is, it, is this a is this a we're still here game for Oklahoma State? Well, that's what, I think that's what it is. I think they lo- they lost so big to South Alabama that you're going to come in with an extra edge. Um, and on top of that, I just think these two teams are pretty even. If you're giving me one of them, yeah, three they both points, have sucky coaches and sucky quarterbacks. <laughs> I give me Oklahoma State plus three and a half. I think it's a close game. I can see Oklahoma State winning it. Uh, okay. On to the NFL. 
Buffalo, the Bills are giving up six and a half points. They're at the Commanders of Washington, who are two and zero. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with the Fighting Eric Bieniemy's here. I like Washington. Uh, Sam Howell seems to have taken a step forward with Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I think the Commanders have a lot of momentum off their win against Denver. I don't know that they'll win the game, but Buffalo, I mean, I know they looked really impressive, but it was against the Raiders, guys. Mm-hmm. The Raiders. So I feel pretty good about Washington. I think it'll be closer, a closer game. Give me the Commanders. I'm going to go with the Commanders, too. They've got a really good defensive line. Sam Howell has been impressive. I think they keep it close. Atlanta Falcons are at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are giving them three points. Yeah, I think the Falcons are kind of fluky starts of the year. I'm going to go with Detroit. I don't feel great about it, though, because uh, on one hand, I well, I do think that the Falcons starts of the year is kind of fluky. This will be the game where they could prove that it's not fluky, right, if they go out and win. But I'm going to go with the Lions. Okay. I... I've been going back and forth on this. I am going to go with the Falcons plus the three points. I I could see this week the Falcons win at the Lions, and then everybody's like, oh, maybe that week one game was a fluke for for Detroit. Um, I, I think the Falcons have a good team. I really do. Uh, give I me think they're solid. The yeah, they're fine. Uh, Chicago Bears are at Kansas City. The Chiefs are giving up 12 and a half. Yeah, this game goes one of two ways. The Chiefs will either win like 50 to three, or it'll be like 17 14, and the Chiefs will barely win. There's no in between. Yes. I'm going to bank on the 50 to three. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, everything is going wrong for the Bears this week. Not just with football, but like off the field too. They yeah, it's had bad. the it's bad. Uh, the DC or, or whatever he was resign and yep, I don't Williams. know rumors about yep. uh, all sorts. Somebody of stuff. robbed them last night. Yeah, somebody robbed them of a hundred. Uh, everything's going wrong for <laughs> Chicago. I could see this being the classic Andy Reid Chiefs game where it's like like remember the Rams yep. game last year. The or Rams the didn't even have Matthew Stafford a couple yes. years ago. Where it's just like they win twenty four like to fourteen. It's kind of a gross win where they're never in doubt of losing. But they don't show their best stuff. We've seen that so many times against lesser opponents. I mean, yeah, you go to overtime with the Texans last year. Uh, I'll take the Bears plus 12.5, even though the Chiefs win. Philadelphia Eagles minus 5 at Tampa Bay. A couple 2-0 teams. Yeah, I'm going with Philadelphia here. This is To go back to the what I was saying about Atlanta, Tampa Bay's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Feels like they've had maybe kind of a fluky start to the year, and this is a game where either they can prove that they're actually they don't suck and they're maybe kind of decent, or they just get blown out by Philadelphia. I think they get blown out. Give me Philadelphia. I'm going to go with Philadelphia as well. I, I feel like this is one of those lines where it's it's at five points, and, and your initial thought is, oh, the Bucks are 2-0. They're playing at home. Like Clearly, they're pretty good this year. Five points, that's a large number. Give me Tampa Bay. I think they want you to take Tampa Bay. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Philadelphia. Uh, L.A. Rams are at Cincinnati. This is uh, Monday night. Actually, doubleheader Monday night football. Eagles are one of them. Rams-Cincy is the other one. The Bengals are giving up three points. Listen, I don't want to overreact, but this is Cincinnati's season. Yeah. This game. This, this is literally their season. I mean, if they lose, pack it in. Call it a season. Shut down Joe Burrow for the rest of the year. Seriously. They have to win. I think they probably will, so I'm going to pick them, but I think it would be equally hilarious. Like, I'm willing to pay the fan tax here if it means that they lose because that would be hilarious, but I'll take Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Cincinnati, too. I, I agree that uh, they're they're the one that's backed up into the corner. I think that matters and means something. Even if Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm worried about the calf and worried about them long term. I think this one on Monday night, it's also a rematch of the Super Bowl. They lost. They'll be hyped up. Give me the Bengals minus three points. Uh, what is your NFL lock? We're both 0-2 in NFL locks. So not a great start. <laughs> My lock of the week is Patriots minus 2.5 against the Jets. I think it'll be probably be a close game, but the Patriots will win, and I think they'll win by more than three. I'm taking New England. Bill Belichick wins these games. Yeah, I uh, am going to go with Tennessee Titans plus three and a half at Cleveland. Uh, this feels like a close, ugly game to me. Titans specialize in those. I think they at least keep it close on the road. Cleveland, obviously, no Nick Chubb anymore. So give me Titans plus three and a half. Uh, our KU game picks. I'm doing horrible. I'm one and five. You were doing average. You were three and three. Kansas okay. is minus nine and a half. 
Ah, that's brutal. That's brutal. I, you know, I, I want to go. Way, with- you can get this line at DraftKings where you can use code KLWN and uh, first time signups get bet $5, get 200 instantly with DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler, 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Nice read you got in there Thank at the you. end. Uh, I'm going to go. I want to pick Kansas, but I'm going to go with BYU here. BYU plus nine and a half. I think it'll be a closer game than that. I agree. I think nine and a half is just too much. The uh, over-under is 54 and a half. Yeah, the weather could be a factor here. I'm going to pick the under here. I don't know. I think the weather factors in more in the second half, and maybe it kind of limits the scoring. Under, even though I always go with the over pretty much. Yep. I'm going under here. I am going to go with the over in this one. Uh, I think 31 to 28 Kansas. If you tell me it rains, then maybe we're screwed, and maybe I'd take BYU 28-24, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, do you have a favorite prop bet just for the fun of it? Mason Fairchild, anytime touchdown, plus 270. All right, take I'll it. go uh, Lawrence Arnold, anytime touchdown. He's due, plus 150 on DraftKings. All right, that'll do it for us today. That's it for RCST. Talk to you next on Monday. Stop by Big Mill tomorrow, noon to 1. Nick will be going live for a pregame show. High school football all throughout the night. Free State at 7. Lawrence High next. This is KLWN. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts with the best of RCST podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think that'd be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have Twitter. RCST1320AM at gmail.com. That's RCST1320AM at gmail.com. And if you want to listen live, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Have a good rest of the day and see you next podcast.